You're all mature listeners with, you know, strong, independent pod- podcastees, I podcastees? guess. Podcastees? Being podcasted at. Hi, podcasted at peoples. Hello. <laughs> oh, this is weird. I forget we do this and put it out there. It's not just for us. Let's do it. get it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I'm gonna need a sip. I got. Yeah, me too. Shall we cheers? Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Cheers. Cheers. It's been a while. It has been a very long while. It's our first holiday since we began. Indeed, indeed. Um, this might be slightly weird for you, lovely, lovely listeners, since, um, well, today is Friday for you and we released an episode on Tuesday. Um, that was pre break episode, so we got a true break until this episode. Mm-hmm. No work has been done since that last episode was edited. I know. It's been, I know, life. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, I had flu. You had the London trip. Yeah, true. I also had a, a serious bout of um, avoidance of everything. Fair enough. And, and suddenly you're here and it's spring. It really is. It's, it's light it's outside. It's light outside. We heard birds. The tulips are in bloom. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, the, it's the really smell good. of hot dogs when you're cycling through the park. Oh. Have you got that yet? I have not got that yeah. yet. I did not cycle through a park since I got back from London. Uh, mm. It's true. It's there. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> um, but it is weird it being light outside when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't worry, we still have the fireplace on. We do. Of course mm. we have the fireplace on. I have a cat on my lap, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, in my lap more. She's quite happy. Like she's in between your lap? She's technically not resting on your lap. She's in between your legs in a fortress of jeans-covered protectiveness. But um, Yeah, she's in a fortress of legs. Mm. Mm. She's She's happy. She's purring. Little purr machine, mm-hmm. um, and you have. I assume you are on white vermouth and lime. Indeed, I am. And I am on the bubblies. I am on the bubblies, and I had a frozen pineapple rum thing left over from the weekend right. earlier on, which was. I came. Uh, I came here. I didn't come home. Sorry, it's <laughs> a bit early, but. Uh, no, I came over right as you were digging into that uh, pineapple rum thing and it looked delicious. It's quite good. I um, I decided because of the good weather to make some frozen cocktails over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So the leftovers went into jam jars and uh, oh. thawed out one of the jam jars. So <laughs> it was very good. Nice. Oh, well, luckily our theme really fits the weather. Indeed, indeed. But I have no idea who's worst this week. We should probably do greetings. Yes, indeed. Yes. Welcome all. Welcome back to probably a lot of you. This is Crime by the Bar. Yeah, welcome to Crime by the Bar. Mm. I'm Yonatan. I'm Anna. And we have no special guests this evening other than the cat. Yeah, who... and the cat does not appreciate me clearing my throat. Is she glaring at you? Oh, yes, there's daggers in the air. Oh dear, honey. Mm. Well, it'll be fine. It'll oh, be she's fine. coming down. Yeah, maybe she's going to do slow blinks. oh yeah i am i'm really getting the the summery feeling i'm starting to plan a holiday i'm excited 
You have no you have no holiday plans, no solid holiday plans? Not really, no. You partying for King's Day? Probably not. What? Why? Like okay, I would like to party. I like the general spirit of it, but I will probably try to escape the worst bits unless I know people who have really tempting plans or okay. actually like a group that can coordinate and stick together and do something fun. Yeah. But no, I used to really love, well, I used to really love Queen's Day. Yeah. Um, but I think it was the year after the first King's Day that it kind of went a bit downhill for me and I had bad luck with like mixing up, not being able to meet people and that there happened being... with us last year. Was that last year? Or two years ago? Yeah, something like that. I yeah. don't know. Last year was really yeah. good for us, actually. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not envious or blaming anything. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm just saying, like, I had bad luck partially with that, partially with the crowds I ran into. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of like, deflated on the whole thing. But I'm always willing to get convinced otherwise. So. I just realized I'm getting last year confused with pride. King's Day, Pride. Da, no, da, da. was that Pride? Yeah, I think it might be oh, Pride. Oh, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, because... But pride, pride wasn't bad, that, that was just... Wait, are you sure? Because I last year... I don't know anymore. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was King's Day, because last year on Pride, I was... Um... I can't remember what I did last year on King's Day. I remember what I did last year on Pride. The last oh. couple of King's Days, actually, possibly the last four King's Days, mm-hmm. have been disasters. Yeah, I think maybe every King's Day has been a disaster. There you go. Shit. <laughs> but I mean, that's Glass just good shattering. incentives to uh, turn it around. But um, yeah, I will, like I said, unless, you know, convinced by uh, someone else, I will probably avoid the worst bits in the inner city. And uh, I always love the idea of King's Day. Mm. I mean, I've had a lot of fun, like on the canals, around the canals. No, but both of the, the very best one, I think, was we had a friend who had a boat they'd moved and like it was a boat on the canal. But the thing is, like, driving a boat on the canal on Kingsley... is horrible, I imagine. Is horrible. But, oh no, I did the same thing as you did. I was going to tell you about the best Kingsley and I was thinking about a pride. Pride is always great, though. Pride is always great. Pride is great. amazing, yeah. Pride is... Top notch, but King's Day <laughs> somehow is always shit. Kind of, yeah. How do we make it not shit this year? Well, that's the challenge. Oh dear. My mum is over until the day before King's Day. Oh. Yeah. Well, then you'll need to let off some steam. Oh, I already booked us in for a cocktail making workshop for uh, whenever she's over here. Oh, oh when she is here. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, not for whenever we go. Yeah, <laughs> she's coming over and my stepsister's coming over and her boyfriend is coming over. Mm-hmm. Not my mom's boyfriend, stepsister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Should be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Who's worst this week? Good question. So I'm, I'm relatively gruesome, but contained and also very exaggerated. I think you're worst. Then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, like, um... Do you have any horrific bits, or...? (laughs) It's not a nice story, but, Mm. um, it's not really gory. Unlike, um, the station strangler, (laughs) it's not making me go, oh, what have I done? What have I put into my brain and out into the world? This is terrible. This is just one of these, uh, pretty grim things, but it's not... Yeah, I don't... uh, I'm I'm also happy to go first. So, 
No, I, I think I'll go first in that case. Okay. Especially if I'm going to play this up, which, yeah, to be honest, I'll probably not. No? But I have important papers. I love that we have papers now. I know. It's like we did a trial run. It was amazing. And now we're doing this. I think it's good because then I can't type shit. <laughs> and you don't need to because now you have a cat. I but, do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go we, first then. Wait for the question. Oh, yeah. I'm just confirming the... You go first. I'll go first. Okay. Tell me your story. I will happily tell you <laughs> story. My mystery for this lovely Friday... Dun, dun, dun. ...is the Atlas murder. The Atlas murder. Mm. Also known as the vampire murder of Stockholm. <gasps> I think I know this one. You do? I, I think so. I did not suspect this. Okay. I Well, Atlas murder already sounded familiar, and now vampire murder of Sco <laughs> Scotland? Stockholm. <laughs> Okay, now I'm disappointed. What happened to Scotland? Okay, anyway, why haven't we done Scottish stuff? Okay, never mind. I'm That's actually a good question. Why haven't we done any Scottish stuff? I haven't even run across any in my research. No. Is there no crime in Scotland? No, Scotland's got loads of crime. Is there no reported or solved crime in Scotland? No one really gives a shit. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, that was horrible. No, no, no. We'll um, we'll find some nice Scottish psychics for our next episode, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that makes it better. I um, sorry. Uh, after so rudely interrupting you. Oh my god. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, please tell me your story. Yes. Uh, no. I, I mean, it's good to be um, transparent with these things, and you might have heard of this. Um, but now we have the opportunity to hear, possibly hear more or, you know, post questions to yeah. almost native. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you're almost native, Stockholmer. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, no, I'm going to torture you with this. Yeah, probably. Oh, Jonathan, <laughs> your accent sounds a bit Stockholmy. Shush. Okay. So the Atlas murder, also known as the Vampire Murder of Stockholm. This was in 1932, mm -hmm. so it was a while ago, and we have Lily Lindström. Oh, I love your pronunciation. You like the name? I did. Uh, she was 32 years old. Yes. Um, which it took me an embarrassing amount to make the connection that she was actually born in 1900. Yay! Which is... Good for Lily. Oh, something, yeah. She was a centurion baby. Yeah. <laughs> True. She was a centurion baby. She was also a sex worker. Originally, the best ones are. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, originally from uh, Malmo, but uh, she was living and working in Stockholm since uh, several years back. Yeah. And uh, she had an apartment in the Atlas area of Stockholm, mm -hmm. as it was called back then. You see a connection, Atlas murder. I think that was a bit of a spoiler, to be honest, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name, but okay. Um, she had an apartment in the Atlas area in Stockholm. Yes. It was a small apartment. It was just a, a one room. Well, it's described as just a one room, but it had... The best apartments are. Yeah, I mean, this was good for a one room apartment. It had like the kitchen and hallway and a separate little like alcove thing that worked really well. Um, How do you know this? Did you see a floor plan? Did I you saw check a floor it plan. Out? There was a floor Did plan uh, among like evidence photos and stuff like that. Okay, I like floor plans. Mm -hmm. Generally, I love them, yeah. especially when looking for apartments because that's basically what I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a one room apartment, and she also had a phone. That's a pretty big deal back then. 
It really was, especially for someone like you wouldn't expect someone like a sex worker or something. How that that was more like something for companies or stuff like that, more hmm. common. Or if you're getting a bit posher, I guess. She's um, a fancy sex worker. Leave her be. Let her have her phone. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm just. I'm not. Phone. I'm, I'm not, not saying it to you. I'm saying it to those people out there who I know are like yelling right now on the commute, <laughs> going, ah. Oh, who does she think she is in 1936 with her fancy telephone in her <laughs> magical apartment with the alcove? 32, but yes. 32, sorry. sorry. Um, but yes, she had a phone, so she um, th- that was quite rare, but mm-hmm. that also meant that men and customers could just call her and arrange meetings that way. Yeah. It also, like the phone was so convenient and she kind of also coordinated business for some of her friends yeah. who were working. So, yeah. She had her phone and she made good use of it, let's say that. So on the 30th of April, on uh, Valpurgis night. I don't know what that is. This is a very Germanic thing, I guess. So in Swedish, it's called the uh, Valboys Messoafton. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. No, really, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you have the greatest poker face. <laughs> Thank you so much. I do love poker. I have no idea what it is, but it sounds exciting. It is, is really it? exciting. Like, it's at not least the in Swedish. summer thing, is it? At least in Sweden. It is kind of a summery spring thing in Sweden and the way I grew up. like It is a big deal for basically everyone. And uh, in some cases, there are also like local variants, and there's also a lot of like academic variants because it's um, it has some extra academic traditions. Yeah. But like I said, it, it is or it was very much like partially in ushering in the spring and the light uh, and all that. Uh, I should say first, the main point of celebrating uh, this evening is mm-hmm. basically the entire country of probably the entire Nordic region. Um, builds a ton of bonfires yeah, uh, all across the country and you have them uh, lit during the, the evening Nordic and the country. night. <laughs> country? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, <laughs> fine, fine. I, I'm, I'm swapping. I, I'm trying to be inclusive, but I'm talking from my Swedish experience right now. Okay. Um, so you have bonfires and there's a lot of, I think a lot of community, usually a lot of booze, especially in the um, academic circles. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're it. joking right now. <laughs> we have too many brain cells anyway. Yeah, pretty uh, much, pretty much. Surplus to thinks. <laughs> Let's kill them. Um, yeah. Brain cells, that is. Yeah. But, but no, I, I, I do love it because it is such a point, like right to the turnover to 1st of May mm-hmm. and like, all these fires and everyone usually gets excited about this. And it has its roots in like, way, way back pre-Christian traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew the general sense, like partially way back and also now. Yeah. Like, because even today, it is more of a usher in spring thing. So it's like, it's been a really long, dark winter. Kind of. It's light outside. Yeah. I, I mean, that is more of the general feeling. That's even nice. though the uh, the entire celebration has been become very uh, Christianized. Like, oh, uh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Like the... Uh, How? Uh, Okay, I'll get to that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll First, uh, just I, let me because I was quite interested because I had not heard this before. I just, I checked something um, regarding the uh, more Germanic traditions of this. Yeah. And apparently it's, uh, especially in the Nordic countries, way back, it used to be more of a, um, almost like a Day of the Dead thing. 
oh. in Nordic countries because that evening was considered to be like the turning point where the I know the borders between the living and the dead world were uh, thinner. Oh, wow. Um, so that was more focused on, you know, celebrating and communing the dead. That's super creepy. That. No, I mean, it's a charming thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, speak for yourself. For me, I find it super creepy. Oh, uh, but yeah. So I, even I didn't know that bit. Okay. Um, but um, once Christianity uh, kind of came in uh, and took over, at first, they, of course, since it was more of a pagan thing, they kind of looked down on it and all the uh, burning stuff. But then, as they do, kind of adopted the um, uh, the holiday and then uh, tweaked it so none of the fires are, like, warding off evil and the devil and all the witches. Oh. Um, <laughs> and the actual name, uh, it's from uh, Saint Valpurga, who was said to battle disease and witchcraft, as well as converting a lot of the local populace in Germany to Christianity. Wow. That's where the name came from. Okay. That. And it is the same name. It's just the translation of the saint name in Swedish. Which is fair it's enough, really. Valborg, yeah. Hmm. Um, but it is a lovely holiday. And if you're in Sweden at this date, uh, really do try to either look up or start your own bonfire. Because fire <laughs> look, is important. Look up your own bonfire. I mean, look up a bonfire. You uh, can join. Like, How big are they? Pretty big. Like bigger than you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like... Jonathan's okay, big, it, by it the way. It all depends He's on... He's a massive like, human. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on where you are and uh, like what space you have access to. I don't know. I'm um, still pretty impressed at anything being your size and being on fire. <laughs> That's not an invitation to arsonists, so... <laughs> No, no, but I mean, used to, to well, partially you go out and try to find a field where you can do it properly, mm -hmm. and then you just stack it pretty high. I'd say, on average, the ones I've been in, been around, has usually been like almost three meters high and pretty wide. Yeah. And light it all on fire and have a cozy flame side evening. Oh, it's really nice. Do you toast things? You're not supposed to, but a lot of people do. Like bread and tires. <laughs> no, it's probably more like sausages and marshmallows. Sausages? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Risk of it being undercooked? Well, I, I mean, if you have like, uh, you can buy like hot dogs and stuff like that. All the oh. prefabricated stuff. Okay. Not proper sausages, I'm sorry. Not like raw sausages? No. Okay. That I would not do. <laughs> hmm. No, but I think that like something relatively meaty and sturdy is a bit better than marshmallows when you're talking that big a fire yeah um, unless you get bananas and you wrap it up in tinfoil and then put it in the edges yeah but then you're not going to be able to get at it you until hoik it out. what i don't know you hoik it with a thing hoik <laughs> i've learned a new verb you didn't know about hoiking no i've never heard hoiking Wow, you haven't lived. I know, apparently not. I don't know. We'll go out in a hiking expedition so we can <laughs> hike out of places. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be hiking. Um, uh, I I never. I, I mean, you could sort of with some string though. Yeah, hike. Yeah. You you can make like a little uh, banana chocolate sled thing. Yeah. And you like push it in and then pull it out. Like a pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah. Hike it out again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, Valpurgis night. Huh. I I need to go over and introduce them to banana hiking. <laughs> <laughs> that you do, that you do. We are not well versed in these things. <laughs> they um, can uh, introduce me to bonfires that we don't put yeah, effigies of people on. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's new. 
<laughs> not even joking. Uh, no, no. I, I uh, but yeah, so it was this Walpurgis well, night, 30th of April, the day leading to the 1st of May. During the uh, like afternoon, evening, uh, Lily had, uh, remember, Lily Lindström, uh, yes. we were talking about her. Um, we're talking about crime. We are. culture. Oh um, yeah, we are a bit as well. <laughs> uh, but Lily had a friend over in the evening uh, when uh, suddenly the phone rang. So they hadn't planned for any business, let's say. Uh, but the phone rang, a man who... Lily did not appear to know, called and wanted to set up an appointment. I do know this story. Mm. Yeah. Then you know where we're going. Yeah. But for the listeners out there, this man said that he was pretty nearby. He wanted an appointment. So mm. Lily agreed and her friend, you know, courteously went downstairs to her own apartment. And a while later, maybe half an hour or so later, uh, Lily went down, knocked on her friend's door and asked to borrow a condom, which yep. she got. And then she went back upstairs. A little while later, she came back again, asking for yet another condom. Yep. And by this stage, she was just wearing like a coat and her friend could see that she was naked underneath. So... Well, I mean, implications. Her friend was pretty aware of, uh, from everything I've taken from the story, she was aware and possibly a, um, a co-worker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, at least in the same trade. Yes. Um, but um, Not it, the exact same craft, but same industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a, a bit iffy on that, but we'll get to that as well later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, getting that second condom was the last time anyone saw her alive. Yes, this is how I remember the story. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might be able to set something straight for you, though, as I've been digging through this. Okay. Uh, I'll get to that later because I saw some ridiculous things. So this friend, the, the reason I'm also not saying her name is the fact that I found at least two different names. Oh, really? For this person. And it might be slightly shoddy reporting from back then or something or it could be you know pseudonyms because a lot of people in the story are involved in shadier stuff there might just have been mistakes as well i'm not sure but i'm just choosing not to say the name to not make a mistake which might happen but yeah the the friend um, had actually planned to go out with uh, lily later in the evening and at about nine, she went up to Lily's apartment mm-hmm. uh, to check on her, but no one answered the door. So she just kind of assumed that uh, Lily had left either with or went to see another customer. Yeah. Uh, and didn't think that much of it. But as the days passed, like she couldn't reach Lily over the following days and oh. she got more and more worried. I can't remember how this ends and I'm freaking out. Mm. Well, you said you knew this. No, I, I know this. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm having that deja vu moment where it's like, I'm, I'm yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I have an idea of what I think, but yeah. Anyway, keep going. I, I also, I'm like, I don't remember any of the details. I don't remember, yeah. Ugh. You'll get more details. <laughs> Sorry, I will chill out. So, so the friend, she was getting worried and on the 4th of May, she called the police. The police came and um, had to break into Lily's apartment and they found her lying slumped over an ottoman. Ooh. Dead. Oh dear. So 
She had pillows kind of neatly stacked over her face and upper body. And the entire apartment had been meticulously cleaned. Which is so gross. That always freaks me out when they do that. Yeah, and like it's one thing removing evidence, but it was not only cleaned, it was like tidied. And like uh, clothes have been folded and placed neatly around and stuff like that. Just don't, don't touch my stuff. Like, it's one thing thing. making a bigger mess but tidying Mm. it up is somehow 20 times worse kind of is like i said getting rid of evidence is one thing but this is slightly creepier than that yeah Mm. but yes uh, completely cleaned and apart from the body like there were no signs of any kind of disturbance in the uh, apartment at all oh dear Um, why is that oh dear i guess it's oh dear because it's it is a bit of a creep factor. I, it, yeah, mm. creep factor. That is it exactly. So we need a third scale. Yeah, creep factor. <laughs> Yours is way up there on creep factor right now. True, true. So what did we get? Gore, creep factor, and the humanity. humanity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should grade every episode on that. Indeed. Oh, what's well, your I mean, tolerance? That's easy. That? We just have a triangle and you move the dots between them. Yeah, and further out for the worse ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got it in my mind. Oh, <laughs> do continue with this. Yes. So, um, Lily had died from blunt force trauma. They estimated it to be three heavy blows to the side of her head. At the same side. Cracked her skull. Um, very, like, powerful and passionate and... Passionate. Rough. As in, oh, okay. You, yeah, you, we've you been on this I mean. before. Passionate, but... Yeah. yeah. Fury, rage. Yes. Anger. That's what it looked like. You don't do it if you're just chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the murder weapon was never found. It could have been a cudgel, a blunt weapon brought to the apartment or something like that, or just a blunt object like a pipe or something that was removed afterwards. Mm-hmm. But they never found it. And uh, like I said, they found no evidence whatsoever in the apartment. Like, yes, forensics were a bit limited back then, but yeah. um, still there was basically nothing just completely cleaned and taken care of. The only thing that kind of seemed out of place was that there was a condom placed or tossed in between her legs. What? So there, I've That's actually gross. seen crime scene photos. It's it's not they like up on her. Have a photo of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but um, basically, like not on her, but between her legs as she was lying, the condom was placed there. It looked kind of like it was just discarded. Yeah. But considering the state of the rest of the apartment, yeah. that must have been a very deliberate placement of yeah. it. Um, so, Unless someone else came in and cleaned. What? Unless someone like, else came in and cleaned the whole apartment and just left her there. Around the entire body yep. and just left that there? Yep. I had not thought of that. Hmm. There's an even creepier theory. Kind of, yeah. I'm not touching her. I'm not touching that i'm i'm but you know what'll fix it i'm just gonna clean and pretend it's all okay Mm, there was cover the body with the pillows and everything is fine yeah but there was someone um in my life who um saw a lot of messed up stuff Mm -hmm. and ptsd Mm -hmm. and um their way of dealing with things their way of coping was obsessive cleaning and it Mm. was really really bizarre because they would essentially get drunk and clean Mm. and everything was spotless all the time. And it was just, 
I don't know. It, I guess it's a form of control where I, I can't be in control of the, the messed up shit that goes on, but I can mm-hmm. be in control of the kitchen being completely spotless. And I can be in control of, you know, there not being a speck of dust in the entire house. And it was the most creepy thing. Mm-hmm. And if it was... I've seen that in a lot of people as well. And that yeah. was also a big theory about this crime that... Uh, but maybe it was someone else. was something to like get control Therapeutic, over. Yeah, but yeah. maybe... Well, I mean... Okay, I think likely scenario is the person who cleaned is the person who killed, but mm. maybe it wasn't. I mean, if it was another um, sex worker who had access to the apartment that she was close with and they came in and went, well, why would I involve the police? I don't want to be associated with this. I don't want to da 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 But, mm. you know, did have some kind of freak out, did have some kind of reaction, did have some kind of, I don't know, then, yeah, stacking pillows and cleaning mm. everything and tidying everything. Like, who knows? I don't want to touch her. I don't want to deal with the body, but I can fix it. I can fix everything else. I can fix everything else. Oh, oh, that's awful. Anyway, uh, random theory. Oh, the condom thing. Ugh. Mm. Creepos. Yeah. Like, I had seen when uh, more modern, I know, criminologists or people generally talking about crime have spoken about this. A lot of them are very much like, no, no, if this happened like today, forensic evidence, it would be solved in a jiffy. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure someone who is that meticulous would like also the cleaning would evolve. And like a lot of people are just pointing like, no, no, they left the condom there. We would be able to test it and knew who it was. But with such a deliberate placement, that might not even have been the murderer's condom. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, what I was thinking. Like yeah. It could have been just some randoms. Mm-hmm. Who's to say you didn't hoik it out of the bin? Hey. And <laughs> and stick it there. Exactly. Oh, no, that, that sounds more likely to me, actually. So that was my first thought. Oh, can you imagine trying to explain that to the police and your wife? How did yeah. your semen end up in the condom behind the dead or between the dead sex workers' legs? Mm. Uh, I saw her last week. Mm. I saw her yesterday. I saw her this morning. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Which is, you know, also crime. Unless they've changed it, I'm pretty it, sure. It depends on the country, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah, the Johns yeah. can be prosecuted, but the, yeah. that's the Swedish, Janes can't be. I think that's technically referred to like the Swedish model or something. Is it? Um, really? We were very early with it, at least, I think, that um, like the actual sex workers can't be uh, um, like it's not a crime to sell sex, but buying sex is a crime. I think that's what they have in the UK. Mm. Um, And it is a good like, I'm not going to say protection because that is a bit too optimistic, I suppose. But it is a good step towards that. I am. I was watching a four part docu-series mm. years ago by I think it was the Women's Institute that did it mm. and they had um, a late 60 something year old and a late 70 something year old going mm. around and um, in each episode they went to a different country to see how they tackled sex work mm. so they did an episode in New Zealand where it's legal they did an episode in the UK where it's I mean more or less not mm-hmm. um, I don't remember what the third one was but the fourth one was was Amsterdam uh, mm. or Netherlands and what I didn't know is they have panic buttons in every room um, 
over here. So whenever mm-hmm. whenever you see a, a window in the red light district or whatever, mm-hmm. um, there's a room in every or there's a button in every room that connects directly to the police. It's like a panic button. I would have assumed. I'm not sure if I've heard it. But How cool is thing. that? Like if you control the environment, of course you want something like that there. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. But it's just like. I don't know. I, I guess I never thought about it, and I hmm. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, hmm. yeah. There, it's it's no. It's just it's cool the regulations that are in place whenever it is legal. But yeah, make it illegal to buy. That makes so much sense. The Swedish hmm. model is it? Look, Maybe it is. I'm. It might be. I might need to retract that. But um, if if it's wrong, let us know. As I said it, it I it heard it feels bells. right. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Ooh. Anyway, kind of a lot of here. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, no evidence, condom. So the police brought in a couple of people for questioning, uh, partially like previous contacts that um, she knew. She had not that much record, but a few numbers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And also her boyfriend, who had been in and out of jail a lot, but um, th- there was no result no new information there at all they couldn't go anywhere with that at one point uh, a bit later uh, still like when it was recent and they were investigating yeah they got a tip that was called into the police i think this is the bit i remember oh it was from a woman who was sure that her husband was the one who murdered lily mm-hmm. and uh, she said something she had seen him come home with like blood stains after uh, the murder had taken place and the husband was like, you know, relatively seedy kind of criminal element, but nothing really big, but definitely had um, a history of soliciting sex workers and doing shady stuff, basically. Shady stuff? Like what? Yes. Lurking? Uh, probably lurking, probably, you know, uh, gambling extortion, stuff like that. Oh dear. Um, but it was a bit hazy and like he was not a big time criminal nor that big of a convicted uh, but they brought him in mm-hmm. for questioning he had an alibi okay uh corroborated Decent. by several people okay uh, none of these were trustworthy people oh these were the people you know with a lot of incidents with the police and all of them were known to the police by various kind of gangstery type names uh. like considered the swedish equivalent of billy the italian I was going to say more like Hatchet Harry and um, <laughs> okay. uh, The Killer or uh, stuff Steve, like that. Steve, The Killer Jones. And kind of, kind of in that vein. Jim, I'll stab in you in your face, Smith. Oh, I thought you were going with a Mac there for some reason. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he did technically have an alibi, uh, not really that credulously uh, corroborated. But... Um, yeah, in the end, they they didn't get anywhere regardless because mm-hmm. um, there was no evidence apart from the statement from the wife. And after 10 days, they had to let him go. Whoa. And was there anything they still have in the case? I mean, if they put the condom in a brown paper bag, then the DNA might be sal- salvageable. So they have a lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure they would have tested it even though uh, the crime has been like uh, closed and beyond the statute of whatever whatever okay Um, you have a statute of limitations on murder no i'm not sure how it works so this was closed 
if I remember correctly, I think it was in 57 ish. Mm-hmm. So that's a good 25 years afterwards. But uh, yeah, it, it was closed and nothing happened. They have some items of evidence left or at least documented, but I'm not sure if. If there's any point. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm pretty sure someone would have done it if it was a thing because this has been brought up in media from time to time. Yeah. Uh, for reasons I'll get to more. Like, okay, a, a lot of stuff is fuzzy. I went back, I was so happy I found the um, very first, like, newspaper clippings of the first report on this. Awesome. And some other stuff, and it's always fun to look through those things. Yeah, I like newspapers. But a lot of the facts either were changed or updated as oh, really? uh, partially the case and history went on. I'm kind of getting the feeling that a lot of that is just due to the nature of uh, the sex work and some people involved reporting stuff were also sex workers and like things were like the first reports according to the newspaper on uh, how the body was discovered and who reported it yeah was like the first article had barely anything on like a tiny hint but barely anything mentioning a sex worker and it was apparently someone from a restaurant where she might have had a part-time job or something that was calling in. Oh, it, it was so just they really had a whole bunch of. I, I think there were a lot of like smoothing it. over, like okay, let's not just immediately drag her out as a sex worker. And and I mean, on the some one of the hand, later articles were kind of horribly oh, really? judgmental uh, on the thing and like taking statements from the um, uh, not the landlady. What do you call it? Like the. Um, Oh, the doorman, just the doorman, we would call it. I guess. Yeah, basically that person just like having quotes on her unsavory character. Like one time she had like 10 men over in the span of three and a half hours and all was in that horrible. Oh, get over it. She's popular. Leave her alone. Kind of, kind of. Yes, I'm assuming that a lot of these details made the first reports a bit different. Yeah. So, uh, and as I said, some things like the name of the friend, which changed in some reports, makes it a bit tricky and there are some conflicting accounts. And all of this was made quite worse, uh, I think was 18 years after the crime. Yeah. After the murder even, where a uh, reporter um, who was, uh, I think was formerly involved in like uh, police and stuff like that, uh, and focusing on, you know, writing or doing journalism with focus on crime and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He brought up this case, and regardless of the actual intentions, this led to even weirder speculations and getting the the rest of the press like pouncing on this story, which was popular again, and focusing on maybe the wrong facts, yeah, and spinning it out of proportion Ooh. to the point where we got the vampire killer of Stockholm. Wow. So so that name wasn't even coined until almost 20 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. this was way later when that wow. came in. That was just the media, basically. So th- some of the sources say that uh, this was in her apartment, but the most credible bits I can find was that, like, not even in conjunction with the crime, but like six weeks after, yeah, someone found, like, a big soup ladle, not even in her apartment. Some claim it was in her apartment, but it was nearby her apartment. Yeah. Which had some stains that could be assumed to be blood. And this led to a theory that the murderer had used it to drink her blood because it was not <laughs> something you could, like, bludgeon someone to death. It could not have been the murder this weapon. This seems totally ridiculous. It really does, but it's it just spun by. And even more ridiculous since it was outside of her apartment. Yeah. And 
like her apartment was right above a restaurant as well. <laughs> so like, yeah, not the weirdest thing to happen. Oh, it's a slow news day. So we're going back to a story 20 years ago and kind we're of. going to go a bit over the yeah. top with the details. And I think one criminologist I read here who speculated over this, and it sounds pretty reasonable, that there was also kind of a media craze with other serial killers, partially during the time of the murder and also during the time of this republication. Mm -hmm. So there is a pretty big one, which you probably know about. Uh, Even I had heard of him. The Acid Bath Killer, John Haig. Not sure. There is one thing I know about. No, you know what? There's a detail of a certain crime that I know about, but I, I can't even be convinced it's the same one. I'm going to yeah. say no. I'm okay. going to say a no on this one. So this was a, um, um, I think it was an English serial killer. Who, okay, um, no, definitely don't know then. Oh, really? Okay. Like, definitely not, yeah. Because he, um, I think the moniker came from just, like, dissolving, disposing of bodies with uh, acid. Yeah. You know, dissolving them. Uh, but he did a lot of really bad stuff. And during his trial, which was... I think it was late 40s, so, but still very relevant when this uh, pub- was published in the 50s. Mm-hmm. From what I could gather, it looked like he tried to plead insanity. And as part of that, he went on a whole harangue on how he drank his victim's blood and he was obsessed by uh, traumatic experiences with blood and all that. So that was more of a popular thing, I guess. Okay, so it really was playing to the media. Kind of, yeah. Or playing to the masses. Yeah, so they, they like spun that around to the point I was kind of surprised because they, I checked a lot of articles and this is Swedish, so it's kind of easy for me to research. Yeah. But, like, of course, I um, uh, also went through the Wikipedia pages. And, hey. like, nowadays I do still feel that, like, there are enough pedantic people on the internet that edit the Wikipedia that they like strike and poke holes at stuff that doesn't have the correct, uh, you know, quotations or citing sources yeah. and stuff like that. But I did jump on to, um, I checked the Swedish Wikipedia page for this and I did jump over to the English one. There was some naming I was going to check if it was translated or not. I don't remember what. And the English Wikipedia page was just like, no, no. He drank her blood. Uh, the soup ladle was found in her apartment uh, and the body was completely drained of blood. And all this, like, there's no basis for this whatsoever. So I guess I need to become a contributor and edit this now. So I um, guess uh, he's a tabloid journalist and not a detective for a reason. Possibly, possibly. Like, th- there can always be, like, frivolous or kind of badly quoted or cited bits but that was just ridiculous and that's the first time in years i've seen that uh so that was kind of weird um but (laughs) but yeah so this was brought up in the 50s made into the vampire killer um and yeah it's been popping up later years as well when people look back on crime and stuff like that i will admit though that one of the reasons that i kind of got caught on this crime as well when I was looking for mysteries uh-huh. was the fact that I was looking I found an article first on this one and I kind of recognized it I had heard of it I had not heard the vampire angle yeah or maybe I had it, it, I just knew it as a Stockholm murder and it was mysterious yeah but on the article they just had a big shot of the uh, building where her apartment was and and I realized that I've spent a couple of nights in that building. No! Oh, dude! 
Which is like, that's a fun thing, that's but I mean... so weird. Uh, Stockholm is not that huge. I just knew someone who lived in that building. Yeah. And it was definitely not the same one because I've seen the floor plans. Hey. But... It got worse because as I was reading this as well, so I did not mention the name and I won't now either, but, the, you know, the um, uh, the woman who called in and tipped the police about her husband. Yeah. This person was just identified by their surname. Okay. Which is the same surname of the friend I stayed you with are in the- that house. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of hilarious. Please tell me you contacted the person you were staying with and went, hey, funny um, story. Not really. Oh no! Come I, on. I found this. I found this surname today. So I oh, you need to give that person a shout. Freak I them out. Doesn't will. matter if it's been years. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I probably will. Oh, that's that amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So, <laughs> do you think your uh, dad or granddad? <laughs> oh well, dear. Well, I doubt it. Like this friend is not from Stockholm at all. Well, so. you think that maybe they moved away for a generation. Hey, true, true. Oh. Just to get away. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, that's so creepy. <laughs> that's really brilliant, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that connection. And just me being able to, like, I know that, uh, like, I know the stairwell, I know the building, and yeah. how it looks. And yeah, it's always interesting. Oh, dude, come on. You didn't mention that your last person was from Randallstown. Your angel of death guy on Tuesday is from yeah. Randallstown, a town of 5,000 people that I know intimately. I didn't see that. Like, That's insane. His, his history was like, he jumped around a lot. No, he did, but he like everyone. Yeah, so that's why like, most of my sources just said like Ulster. No, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Ulster, but I mean, he's born in Randallstown, <laughs> a town of 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's insane. That's funny. But, so you should dig some, for some uh, inside info. Yeah, I should. But mm. also, if I start snooping around about the the guy who was accused of killing 160 plus patients from Randallstown, people might get a bit grumpy. Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> oh, what do you um? What do you think happened to Lillian? Is it how do I say it? Uh, Lily. Lily. Yeah. Just Lily. Yeah. Uh, she had a lot of names. To be honest, um, she was. Um, so she was a divorcee, so she had, um, uh, the Lundestrom was her uh, ex-husband's name. Oh, okay. uh, she had more, but she was commonly known as um, Skånska Lily, like Lily from Scania, the southern part of Sweden. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. But what do you think happened? I'm not sure, since it's, it's tricky. We don't have a proper timeline, and like most of... Um, most of the people looking at this are thinking like, yeah, there was a client, possibly this new client, and they were doing something and then something went wrong. And, you know, bludgeoning, either panic or remorse, and cleaning and leaving. Yeah. But I don't know, some of the things, like, some of the things kind of indicate that they might have known uh, each other for longer it might have been a different person well different person i'll get to but like in the majority of these kind of murders when we're talking like sex workers especially if it is without a history or someone new yeah it's very often uh strangulation or something like that and bludgeoning kind of makes me lean a bit more towards a history or getting agitated in a different way yeah it's I mean, I hate the whole crime of passion, like, mm. um, phrasing, but yeah, it does seem more like a, a personal crime of passion type thing, as opposed to typically you expect in the heat of the moment that 
some person gets a bit carried away with the hands mm. around the throat and yeah. uh, and then awful awful things happen but whenever it's bludgeoning it's like that's a whole different level of violence mm. it, although it takes a long time to strangle someone so yeah. like slipping into unconsciousness is one thing but actually strangling someone takes quite a long time mm-hmm. um well minutes and minutes um which is a long time in that kind of moment yeah um but phew, bludgeoning it's it it just seems so brutal mm, it does i wonder was he i mean we i think we're both pretty much assuming it's a he because it's rarely a woman anyway and given mm. these circumstances we're I think we're both jumping to the conclusion it's a dude. Kind of. I mean, maybe it's not, but that's my conclusion. That's my that's my guess. The odds are in the favor. Yeah, exactly. Um, or the empirical data is at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you think when the friend downstairs neighbor came up to knock the door, mm. do you think he was still in there cleaning? Do you think? Oh. Possibly. The way it's described, it just makes me think he's there for hours cleaning, taking yeah. his time. I, I don't know you see like thinking about this I heard uh, one of the more detailed yet not incredibly founded theories was mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that she had to go to fetch basically backup condoms yeah that's twice. weird isn't it so the unless theory... she really didn't have any to begin with which I mean seems like Really? I mean, this is your business. Yeah, kind of. Like, if it was something like, oh, customer one or two will be fine, maybe there was some fumbling and stuff. Yeah. Like, the theory I read, uh, it didn't really chime with me. They just assumed that, no, there was someone having a lot of, uh, uh, like, uh, her, uh, uh, John was having a lot of uh, trouble, and that's why they had to try um, multiple, uh, times. multiple condoms, and she had to, she ran out of her initial however tiny stash had to borrow one then borrow another one yeah and um uh then through that frustration if there was some kind of demeaning of the masculinity and he lost his shit that's stabbing which, isn't it stabbing it's um associated with uh impotence oh yeah, but isn't that interesting true. actually yeah yeah i hadn't but, even but, thought about that but, but i wasn't quite convinced in this case though because the um it's all That's to do also theory. with the cleaning and the condom. Like, that makes me feel more that, like, I'm kind of leaning towards a person coming after the client. Yeah. Either if they had some history, mm-hmm. uh, well, it kind of indicates history, mm-hmm. but also someone who might not have had uh, sex with her yeah. at that point coming afterwards either if it was premeditated or something in the heat of an argument after that. Yeah. And then basically the condom, which was so deliberate. Yeah. Uh, to put there and, um, Such a weird yeah. detail. I, I'm kind of leaning towards a separate person from the unknown John that came by. Oh, really? By. Kind of. That's just a gut feeling, but I'm kind of leaning towards that. I'm still kind of caught up in the idea that Maybe it was the John and maybe the downstairs neighbor with two names, you know, badly mm. reported, blah, 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 came up and yeah. actually had a key and unlocked and found it and went, oh, this is awful. This that is, is awful. not impossible. Yeah. And I don't know, I just keep coming back to that person in my life with the PTSD and obsessive cleaning. 
And I just could totally picture that person walking into a scene like that if they're in the wrong state of mind and just mm. immediately go into damage control. I need to control the situation. Da, 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 da. I'm going to clean everything. I'm going to clean everything and we'll, we'll fluff the pillows. We'll put them on top of her. It's all going to be fine. Like, But at the same time, it's a weird timeline, though, because... Oh, it's a totally weird timeline. Then you, you would call the police that, right after, yeah, presumably. Either you call it yeah. right after or you never do. Like, yeah. if you just walk away, like, okay, I, I've cleaned it. I'm putting it on my head. Not going to do anything about it. Calling the police uh, four days after. It's weird. It's really weird in that case. Unless the guilt is racked up by then. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if that would happen, that would happen a bit sooner though. You say that, but it's a buildup of things. So uh, I um, I hate with these things that they do end up unsolved. I wish they could... Um, I wish they had the condom or anything. I mean, I don't think the condom even matters at this point, does it? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, if you put it there, you put it there for a reason. I don't know. Mm. Well, it'll be tricky for us to know for sure. Because yeah. it was a while ago, basically everyone involved has passed away by now. So, I am. Um, yeah, your story has intrigued and frustrated mm. me. Yeah. And is that is my story. Nice it's job. over. Mystery mystery yeah yeah hmm so so now for the oh the the unworst the i'm not gonna say best but the least worst for this friday um, okay let's do this mine's five pages long this time i i imagine i'll skim bits of it <laughs> i love hours. that i printed it and the printer stapled it for your me your printout is gorgeous until I shoved a laptop on top of it. Oh, it's still gorgeous. It's a little bit scrumpled, but it's okay. Um, okay. Uh, as is tradition, I will ask you a question. Mm. Have you heard of Corinne Rainey? I do not. I've heard of the surname, <laughs> but I have not heard about this person. <laughs> well, as you know, I think it's R-A-Y-N-E-Y, -E Like, but it's still said Rainey. I had to look it up. It's mm. weird. Um, okay. I am taking you back to August in 2007. Oh, we're going to need a harp. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I like that. And we're in Perth in Western Australia. On a side note, um, did you know West or Australia has like five states? That rings a bell, yeah. Okay. Just, I, whenever I'm like, where is Perth? And it's like W-E and I'm like, or W-A and I'm like, eh? Mm. Um, Western Australia is the name of the state, so they weren't mm. like getting excited and calling it New South Wales or Tasmania or whatever, but yeah. fine, whatever, cool. Um, Do you know any uh, besides uh, those three? Ha! I looked them all up and then immediately forgot. Ah. Um, Tasmania, New South Wales, uh, Western Australia. Oh, come on, Anna. It, to be fair, I only knew uh, New South Wales. I would technically have known Tasmania, but I wouldn't have thought of it. Um, um, but that's the limit of my knowledge. I, I know I'll kick myself whenever I hear the rest, but I, I don't, I'm not ruining the flow by looking them up. Fair enough, fair enough. Don't. Um, Just, but we're in West Australia. Basically, West Australia is this bit of it. If, oh, yeah. if I'm looking at it, you have to look at it through the other side of the class. So Western <laughs> Australia is here. Tasmania is here. New South Wales is here. And then you've got, so you've got a whole strip down here and then a whole bit here. Um, okay, I'm going to launch into it. <sighs> okay, Corinne Ramsey. Um, 
she was a 44 year old married with two teenage daughters and living in Perth in a suburb called Como. Mm -hmm. um, she worked as a registrar at the Supreme Court in Western Australia. Oh. Yeah, fancy. So on the 7th of August, 2007, um, she went to her usual Tuesday line dancing class at Bentley Community Centre, which is about 15 minutes drive from her home. Line dancing is important. Yeah. Oh, they have some crazy name for it, like shoe stomping or... It's not that crazy, but I like it. There, there, there were some really weird... Charm. Yeah, I'm like, what is that? Anyway, um, <laughs> but it was a funny name for line dancing. Um, but yeah, she, she went to a Tuesday line dancing class at a community centre. How cute is that? Um, but yeah, and it was it was like 15 minutes drive from her home. And that was where she was last seen. It was about 9.30 Tuesday night. Okay. The following day, her husband, Lloyd, um, reported her missing to the police. Um, and then it was about a week later, so the 15th of August, when her car was found. It was damaged and abandoned in Perth on Kershaw Street. Um, it was in a suburb called... Subico or something like that hmm. um, and it was about 20 minutes away from where she was last seen so um, in the opposite direction of her house FYI hmm. That's, um, I'm just telling me if you're getting this but mm -hmm. you say damaged and abandoned we get there okay sorry her car was actually found across the street from a Perth criminal barrister called Mark Trowell oh. Trowell yeah yeah how dodgy does that seem uh, you know, uh, workplace. You know. Oh, barrister trials here. Um, and there were also two other well-known criminal lawyers who lived in the street. Uh. Yes. Um, now, the damage um, meant that there was oil leaking from the car, which fortunately led like a breadcrumb trail to a nearby park. Bum, bum, bum. Um, Wait, just the oil running or did she step in the oil and... No, no, no. So she wasn't found. Her car was found. Yeah. Um, so there was a trail running from the car mm -hmm. back to where the car had been in Kings Park. Kings Park is... Um, oh, oh, okay. Do you so, understand? So like yeah, the car now, was sorry. damaged and was leaking the whole way to where the mm. car had been abandoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the other way around that they found the car and then followed the trail. I'm like, why? Sorry. Yeah. Yes, that's weird. <laughs> That's probably I just me, though. Made, no, that, that was yeah, okay. That was me. Um, <laughs> so police ended up following the oil um, to Kings Park, which was less than a kilometer away. Mm -hmm. um, for perspective, Kings Park is a big national park in the business district, downtown Perth. Um, and like loads of people go there. It's tourists, locals, everyone. Um, and it's also pretty well manicured. Like imagine... I mean, imagine the Perth equivalent of Central Park in New York. I mean, there there will okay. be, you know, bits that are a bit more wild, like, mm. like say, Fondle Park, whenever you have the, the thickets of bushes and, yeah, and yeah. stuff. But, I mean, it's well manicured. The lawns are mowed. There's paths. There's, you know, roads big enough to, to actually get a car done, but you should really only mm. have designated traffic. Yeah. And it's also super busy um, day and night because it's, you know, it's in the middle of the city. Mm. So they followed the oil to the park and they they worked out where it had been parked and it was nearby a thick kind of shrub area it was yeah there there's kind of like a oh what's the word like a tarmac 
okay. s- a small tarmac road that kind of runs through the park mm-hmm. um through various places but they they traced it back to to a specific spot where they find the where they find the oil beginning there are like three bollards leading up to this spot bollards bollards are like the i I don't know any other word for them they're the maybe between knee and hip height stone or metal stoppers that come up there there may be the thickness of your thigh yeah to stop cars or whatever going through um but the middle one was actually uh, a little bit flexible so you could you could fold it down to get a car over it if you needed to okay it was speculated that the one that could have been folded down mm-hmm. folded down um was the one that her car was damaged on leaking the oil oh okay. so that's how they thought it happened just off from this little bit there's like a um a thicket of bushes and mm-hmm. um it's all kind of a bit overgrown i have a picture if you want to see Ooh. um i'll i'll tell you this bit and then you know um but they find her body there mm-hmm. so it was in a thick shrub just off a little bit of a sandy track and it was described as a deep bush grave and she was buried head down i also will explain that more in a moment but here's a picture of it it's like believe it or not you're actually looking at where the burial would have been the only huh. way they know um, they knew that it was there was there's a slight depression in the ground. Yeah. That is it. Otherwise, it looks pretty much undisturbed. And also, because of all the overgrowth and stuff, hmm. um, it looks like it would be really tough to dig through. But it's actually pretty lightweight soil and you, you yeah. can you can dig it up. I mean, not super easily, but easily enough. I mean, when you say buried head down, I'm thinking vertically, just a straight... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a very descriptive image. Yeah. Um, uh, so not it's it's not a photograph. Out, but um, it's like a steep martini glass shaped hole. Mm. Put head first, with arms crossed over the chest and knees and toes closest to the surface. So, um, mm. yeah, it's it's really well. You see it. It's yep. this isn't an actual photo, everyone, but this is. Uh, it's a very descriptive, let's say, diagram with an illustrated woman yeah so the head was was closest to the bottom of the grave but it's you know you can imagine it's pretty deep because she you know she was tall enough it's not like she was below four foot or something she Mm. you know she was a typically sized person um and yeah buried head downwards it was about 100 meters away from the the track they also found a place card, like the sort of thing you'd find at a wedding mm-hmm. to mark mm-hmm. where you sit, um, with her name on one side and printed, and the other side, handwritten in blue pen, it says, The Queen. What? Yeah. Um, so, oh. But we think we have an explanation for this. Um, we think it came from a legal dinner held in July, so the mm. month before, um, for Francis Burt Chambers. Sorry, everyone, if you know who that is, I don't. Um, and according to several attendees, the guests, who were mostly lawyers, played a game to guess the names of celebrities written on the back of the cards. So oh, presumably that's what it was. So the she, sticky foreheady thing? Or? Yeah, except you have it in the back of your name card, hmm. weirdly. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they think that's where it came from. It, it wasn't actually confirmed, but they think that's where it came from. It's also really strange that it showed up there. After the line dancing as well? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. really strange. It's really strange. Kind of weird. Um, but, you know, it's obviously connected. It has her name on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been difficult for them to work out the cause of death or the exact time of death. But um, despite it being a, a mystery, we did have a trial over the whole thing. So we have a lot of details. Oh, really? Um, the cause of death was described as consistent with neck compressions um so it could have been that her neck was broken but there were markings on the front of her body and bruising on her back during the trial which we'll get onto in a bit more detail about what the trial was about mm-hmm. um the state prosecutor said that she died as a result of head neck and brain injuries and Ooh. The injuries were of a nature that reflected the intention to end life. Um, However, there were other injuries that may not have been mentioned. Hmm. So, there was a couple of strange things. First of all, um, her brain showed signs of cerebral swelling, um, which wouldn't have occurred after death. Um, There had also been internal bleeding and one of the discs in her neck had protruded and there were no signs that the body had attempted to heal itself, so it It probably happened less than six hours before she died. Mm. Interestingly, there was also um, a potentially life-threatening but previously undetected heart condition that was picked up during the autopsy. Really? Um, Yeah. And she could have definitely died of cardiac arrhythmia. Hmm. Um, She had coronary artery disease and, yeah, uh, people have died from less, said um, one of the... Uh, medical examiners Mm -hmm. but what they what they were pretty consistent on is they said she was in the grave for about a week whenever they found her and it was eight days after she was last seen so typically we're kind of assuming she she died on the night she disappeared um or more or less um there were some other quite strange things that the medical experts couldn't explain um so there was a bruise on the tip of her tongue and chipped tooth and a bruise to the side of her scalp and yeah and then we have the brain injury as well Hmm. so nothing quite added up there there were other sort of conflicting things the the police had a bit of a tough time of it but they initially said she may have been dragged by her feet whilst on her back because her shirt was bunched up and her jeans were also unbuttoned but where she was buried it's actually really hard to get through and it it would make more sense to be carried they also didn't find any injuries on her back or on her legs or on um you know her torso that would be consistent with being dragged plus seeing the area it doesn't seem like somewhere she would be dragged through but they actually mentioned this during a trial of it they Hmm. thought it was bunched up because she was pulled through final note on the body there were no injuries consistent with sexual assault but it didn't mean there hadn't been a sexual assault they just didn't find any evidence of it Hmm. there was some speculation then that maybe the jeans and the shirt and everything else everything was a bit bunched and open and everything else because there had been one Hmm. um the police were trying to push that under the rug during the trial um they didn't want to suggest that at all so they they kind of ignored it Mm. Um, and later there was speculation maybe with the strange position the body was buried in it was just to make the bending and things easier really yeah do you want to make a guess at any suspects by the way do you Uh, think it might have been someone who knew her uh, let's have a guess at the people living in the direction she was driving 
that's actually a really nice guess. But no, we should always remember the husband did it. Well, of course. Um, or did he? <laughs> I don't. Just speculating. Like, okay, the driving in the direction of these prominent colleagues or co-workers. Um, but that's the thing. The car was dropped there, but she wasn't driving in that direction. Oh, I thought you said that it That's was where the, the car was left. Oh, the car was left okay. outside these criminal attorneys' houses, like one right across the way. But oh. um, it wasn't that she was driving there. So Okay, no, no I, I'm sorry. I kind of assumed that she no. was driving there no, 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 and then no. veered off. Uh, because I was just going to say, if it was the husband, I would think it would not have been a snatch going in that direction that yeah. would have been like coming back or different at thing. home yeah, yeah. well uh, but okay okay then it's trickier so what we know so far is line dancing last place she was seen at 9 30 mm-hmm. after that no idea but we can assume the car somehow got from near line dancing whether there was something else that happened in between car got from line dancing place the community center mm-hmm. um to Kings Park? Is Kings Park? I'm forgetting already. Wherever the um, Dumbledore thing was. Dumbledore thing? What was it called? Uh, the floppy thing that damaged the car. Whomping Willow. No, not in oh, Harry Potter. Bollard. I meant in this. <laughs> Bollard, thank you. Bollard. Um, and it was Kings Park. Uh, I'm like, there's no Whomping Willow in this story. Why is the Whomping Willow relevant? Good to know. Um... <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> no, we know she went from carving somewhere at line dancing class to carving in Kings Park near this trail, presumably getting damaged by the bollard because that's mm-hmm. where the oil trail begins. The oil trail goes from Kings Park to being abandoned nearby this prominent defense attorney's house. How dodgy does that look? It is dodgy. Like, okay, with this reconstruction, my instinct is going with that the damage... And that entire trip happened, you know, as a result after the actual murder crime. Yeah, Someone you'd assume, going through right? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the husband is a little bit more feasible right now. Okay. Mm. Shall I tell you about the husband? Tell me about the husband. Okay. I, I love how you're <laughs> just diving into this with me. Okay, <laughs> so Lloyd Rainey, husband for many, many years. He was... A prominent barrister specializing in criminal prosecution. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the time, he was involved in a corruption and crime commission inquiry um, into the misconduct of police officers in a murder investigation. Huh. Which is quite good. Um, I mean, guy must know some interesting stuff. <laughs> it was a pretty big deal, by the way. Um, I'll give you more context on that later, but expect expect it to be a big deal. Fair enough. Um <laughs> It was really, really controversial, but he was described by the police, um, the chief police investigator, Senior Sergeant Jack Lee, as the only suspect at a police conference in September 2007. So the month after it all happened, (laughs) he's described publicly Uh. as uh, the, the prime and only suspect in the case. And he's a lawyer, so you can imagine how he took this. Yeah, like described on record as well. Like yeah. Even if it is, you know, a police conference or something, that's not that smooth. No, and he hadn't been charged with anything at this point. Oh, And no. <laughs> they didn't have any evidence at this point. But hmm. what they did have was reasons to be suspicious. Hmm. Um, 
the Rainey's marriage was a bit sketchy. Like things things weren't great. Um, okay. We don't know that much about it. I've read interviews with him fairly recently, and he's he is so. I mean, okay, no, it's a, a politician's answer, maybe more than a lawyer's answer, but it's you know he's very very good with words. You know, essentially, I'm not going into detail, but. We had issues. Everyone has issues. Perhaps we had more issues, but you know, it, mm. it, yeah, it's Which it's can be true. But. <laughs> there's quotes that kept being used in articles as um, acrimonious breakdown in their marriage. So, huh. yeah, so it sounds pretty acrimonious. <laughs> acrimonious is the word that they kept using in in almost every article referring to the marriage. Um, okay, next, <laughs> their house phone was tapped. Oh, by him. By the husband? Yes. Huh. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Mr. Rainey had said his wife knew that he was tapping the phones, that Corinne was aware of it, and she would make accusations, and she would say things that weren't true. Oh. So he tapped the house phone, and she was totally aware of it. So if she was, like, saying things, he would essentially have evidence to say, you said this or you didn't say this. Oh, okay, okay. So tap the phone before the murder, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before. Oh, okay. No, for, for some reason, I thought it was after, and I... Had oh, it, I mean, it, w- it was still tapped afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I and mean, then he started just leaving evidence. it on is different than starting tapping. And yeah, I talked over when you said that he started <laughs> saying, uh, started destroying evidence. That seems important. Let's get back to that. Well, it's not really important. It's like <laughs> he left the phones tapped, mm. and then later on, he found out the police had a warrant to get the some of the tapes, and he started destroying mm-hmm. evidence. That seems important to me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's not great. It speaks to character, I guess. Um, uh, I think it speaks to more than that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was reason number two, the phone tapping. By the way, phone tapping is illegal. It was totally illegal, What like tapping your own phone, apparently. So um, we're actually, we've, we've still only done two points. So the <laughs> grumpy, grumpy marriage. The phone tapping. Um, Mr. Rainey's uh, apparent lack of cooperation, including not allowing police to conduct a sen- second interview with him and his teenage daughters. Which, hmm. I mean, to be honest, I, I think that's fair enough. And Daughters is one thing. Him is a very different thing. Why do you think? Have you ever done a police interview? Not a proper attestation one. I have I been have. interviewed by the police I've, in the field, so to speak. I have attestation been interviewed mm. by police as a victim of a crime. Mm. And it was really it was really horrible. They were really they were really nice. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of scary and it's 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 weird. You you are in a room and you are talking to them and even whenever mm. they're very much on your side because the situation with me was pretty clear cut and um but you know they they had to do an interview and they had to take a statement and everything else and um it was a couple of days after the incident and the whole thing was like it was pretty it was pretty intimidating it was pretty scary it was mm. um i i still remember now the officer who was taking the statement i i remember meeting two but there was as far as I remember, one in the room, or at least one that I had a connection with in the room. Mm-hmm. And I remember noticing he had a wedding ring on. He was really, like, he couldn't have been more than 10 years older than me, but he really mm. seemed to be having this fatherly attitude towards me. He was okay. really lovely. But at the same time, I was so nervous. And 
okay, a lot of that is just general anxiety. A lot of it is anxiety about the situation and what had just happened. But the mm. rest of it is kind of like you are at a police station. You are incredibly aware of everything you're saying is going on record, is yeah. being recorded. Maybe they're filming it. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're literally, whether they're recording it by writing it down or they're actually mm. recording you in the room and audio recording you, like everything. You know, it, it's not the thing that occurred to me at that moment, but you are aware of hey, I've got to make sure I'm credible. I've got to make sure that I don't misspeak mm. because how easy is it to, you know, say something that's that's not accurate when you're just, you're talking about things you know, let alone yeah. when you're talking about something that's maybe emotional or difficult or whatever else. Mm. And like even now talking about it, I'm just like, ah. Um, but it it is kind of, it's uncomfortable. Mm. Like I... I'm sure there are people that are that are okay with it and are either used to it or they just don't find it difficult. But for me, I find it really difficult. And yeah, and whenever it's like he went to the first interview, his daughters went to an interview, he declined a second interview. He's a lawyer. He's probably seen the worst side of stuff that happens already. Yeah. Um, and okay, teenage daughter, it's kind of teenage daughters, no brainer. I don't want them coming in for a second interview, but That's even true. when it's yourself, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on his side over that bit. No, no, I, I get that. Guilty I get or innocent. That. And... I think like, no, I, I wouldn't mm. be massively keen on it, especially your wife has just been found buried in a grave in the park in the middle of Perth. Like, oh, so number three, <laughs> that was number, Point number three. three. That was only at number three. Um, so, so far, marriage breakdown, tapping calls, no second interview. The police, okay, number four was the police believed the um, the crime occurred at the Rainey's home. Really? Yes. Okay. They were pretty convinced it did. Their timeline of events was essentially she drove the 15 minutes or so back to the house mm -hmm. and was killed there and... Um, and then the husband drove her car out to King's Park, essentially dug the grave, dumped mm. the body, then dumped the car another 20 minutes away and then walked back. But by this stage, you're talking about like 10 kilometers or seven, mm. eight miles. So, you know, it's it's a big walk back. Yep. The other thing is the teenage daughters were more or less in the house for the whole night. There were a few moments that... He could have gotten away. But in the end, looking into the timeline of events, they're essentially saying he would have needed to kill her, drop the body near the park um, or stash her mm. and then be around to, um, you know, confirm with the daughters that he's here and he's everything else. Then bury the body and walk back in the middle of the night before they woke up in time for school. Mm. So it's it's a really it's a really strange timeline. But that was, according to them, the only way it could have worked. Okay. So, but they. But I mean, so, I mean mm -hmm. the body was found like a week, week after. Or so, yeah. yeah, it was eight days, and he reported her missing the day after the line dancing. Okay. Which I mean, maybe is weird, but if they're having, if it's a, if it's not the best marriage, then who knows if they're even sleeping in the same room? I mean, if yeah. she's last seen at nine thirty and he has to be up at six or seven in the morning, maybe they wouldn't have even seen each other afterwards. Yeah. So it. I, I can't even say it's super suspicious. Hmm. But the the thing with the timeline in general and also with the um 
uh, with the kids, mm-hmm. you don't always want to think about it, but it is. It could also be possible that it's just increments, like the murder happened, be it as we hate the phrase crime of passion mm-hmm. or accident or whatever that happens at a point he managed to stash the body yeah. somewhere yeah. at home interact with his daughters mm-hmm. trying to figure stuff out find a gap when they go to bed yeah and then dump at a later point so it could be the thing separated the thing that really messes it up though is how far away the car was found from the house so mm. um i mean the park is already kind of far yeah but also the um where the car was dumped it's further again mm. and aside from taking a taxi which they never find any records of yeah they yeah nothing added up so he would have had to walk and it would have been a couple of hours home in the dark so no bikes or scooters or anything i mean Everything that I find, and they were trying to say, like, this this is for sure the timeline. So you'd think if there was a more straightforward way for him to get home, they would have put it in here. But no, mm. they, they couldn't find anything better than this. So, and and he was up early and had the girls to school and everything else. Mm. Weird. So what I'm thinking, just quickly, like, when... You showed me the very brilliant reconstruction of the body in the, um, you know, martini-shaped, martini-glass-shaped hole. Yeah. So I do know that you, with at least modern modern science, etc., you can find out pretty well how a body has been positioned, rested, and all that. Mm. But I still think, depending on the timing of it... Yeah. Could it be possible either that he, that pose, which is, you will see on our website, we'll put the image up, but um, that kind of semi-squashed together pose, maybe that could be a pose for fitting a body in a trunk for a while, while things oh. calm down. And then after Rigomartas has said, I know that for a prolonged really period, interesting. for a That's prolonged period really with a body, you do get the uh, blood... Um, uh, uh, blood, uh, what's it lividity. called? Yeah, yeah, the the lividity setting on certain parts. But we can't if it see wasn't that, that yeah. long, it could have been that the body was stashed in the post just to fit it into something. Mm-hmm. Then he drove out, was going to bury it somewhere, and then, okay, rigor mortis is kind of setting in. Yeah, we have a shape. I'll bury this hole. Basically, but we know from the Patricia Curran case that it takes twelve hours for the big muscles to start setting. Mm, true. So. I, I really like that train of thought, though. Mm. Um, and also, it is a weird pose. Like, yeah. it's super weird. There there was some logic in why she might have been buried like that, and mm-hmm. we couldn't tell lividity or rigor mortis at, at the point that um, she was found. So we don't know, but that, that's a really interesting point if she was stashed mm. in that kind of a position. Yeah. Mm. I, I really like that train of thought. I haven't read it anywhere. Mm. To go against my own argument right now, though. Oh, cool. Go uh, <laughs> when it comes to, like I said, that it was a weird uh, position to be buried in, mm-hmm. I also do think that I'm not sure how much digging you've done in your days. Oh, I've done a lot. I, done I a was lot of a, digging. Yeah. Because Chief I can digger. see <laughs> someone who has not done a lot of digging and yeah. think, like, no, I need to dig a grave. And they dig without any kind of well planning or experience but that's the thing when you dig a hole you dig a hole deep you don't dig it wide yeah, yeah and 
the kind of natural shape if you're not working after a like proper system like, hey, then you'll get basically a cone thing. yeah you would yeah That's so that really might weird. just have been like i'm arguing against myself right now but that could also have been just like no they were trying to dig a hole yeah. and they got okay this is technically deep enough but it's a cone i'll just fit it in here that's really interesting as well mm. and i find it i find it super interesting that the ground looks super dense and really really packed but actually it's it's fairly easy to dig in the the more difficult thing to deal with is it's not a quiet spot it's a little bit secluded but it's busy in mm. the surrounding area so anyone could have come across someone there at any point yeah which is like if you're going to bury a person there, if you're going to bar- bury Corinne there, then mm. you'd think you would plan it out enough in advance to have the whole pre-prepared. Otherwise, you you wouldn't want to be digging a hole. Because even if it's light, you don't want to be digging a hole in the middle of the night in a busy public park. No, really, no. Really, no. Especially not with a car leaking oil nearby or a car yeah. at all nearby in a park. Mm-hmm. Like cars and parks stand out like sore thumbs <laughs> like yeah yeah police were pretty convinced the killing happened at the home that was the timeline they stuck to um there was also a little bit of physical evidence that tied her to the home so i'm probably going to pronounce this wrong so aussies please feel free to reach out and go <laughs> seriously in her hair there were some seed pods of uh liquidum bar tree um and there happened to be a liquidum bar tree okay there happened to be a liquidum bar tree growing in uh, the rainy's front yard it was like right up against the driveway now it was well pruned mm-hmm. and the the seed pods of these things kind of look like <laughs> this is my weird way of describing them they look kind <laughs> of like a horse chestnut tree spiky conquer mm-hmm. thing imagine that but more wiry on a wiry, slingy string thing. So they look fairly lightweight, but similar shape as horse chestnuts, but dangling. Mm. Um, So they're kind of like that. And it's it's not a a really uncommon tree or anything. Like, they're not everywhere. But, um, yeah, there there was one in the front yard just by the driveway of uh, the home. Um, So on the one hand, like... It makes sense that it could have gotten her hair there, but also it was really well trimmed and it was in the driveway. It wasn't like somewhere easily accessible in the front yard. So it's it's already kind of weird that she has this in her hair. Kind of is, yeah. Um, there was one of these trees in the park as well, though. Just one in the entire park and the park is pretty massive. Um, but... I'm assuming it was not that close to the actual... Um, no. Murder, no. It, it was or like... dumping a, a it, it was grave. Like, yeah, exactly. It was like a kilometre away within the park from the gravesite. Hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, it's strange. It's strange either way. Um, but again, the police were pretty convinced it came from the the tree in the, the Ramsey's yard. Or hmm. sorry, in the Rainey's yard. Um, what's kind of interesting is you can do DNA testing on plants to see if it comes from the same one. I was just going to ask about that. The problem with it is, um, do you remember how they describe DNA samples and likelihood of matches in court? They don't say this is 100% a match for you or the suspect. They say there is a one in 20 billion chance 
that it is someone else. Because that is scientifically accurate, yes. So what's the problem? They don't the have that many samples of these trees. They don't have that many samples uh, of any of these plants. So you can say it is incredibly likely that it came from a specific tree, but you cannot say it's a one in 20 billion chance because you haven't taken 20 billion samples. And how many samples are you going to take of a particular tree? Are you going to go out and find 100 specimens, 500 specimens, 10,000 specimens? Even if it's a one in 10,000 chance, it's not as compelling as a one in a million chance. So I, I have no idea if they tested it or if they didn't on uh, on the liquid umbar tree seed pod thing. Mm. But um, it's kind of interesting that there was one in the park. It's kind of interesting there was one at the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there are reasons why it's likely it didn't come from either as well. Really? Well, I mean, it's not an uncommon plant. I mean, who's to say she she wasn't abducted somewhere near a tree? And you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm just thinking, like, especially, as you said, there was one of these plants in the park. A kilometer away. It, th- that's, a far, uh, that's far away, but, like, especially when you have a park in that way and people try to incorporate, like, okay, yes, focus on the pretty things, but if there's one example of a thing, mm-hmm. there would probably be more. No, but only one, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so there was a trial and... The the everyone went to visit the one tree. Of course, they seriously. Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, um, finally, the other thing that was pointing to him to to Lloyd was most women are killed by their husbands. If you're killed True. by someone, you're killed by someone you know. It's typically a man, and it's more likely to be your domestic partner than it is anyone else. So. I mean, that's empirical data, but I I think everyone can agree that, at the very least, the husband is a good person to rule out first. Yeah, for sure. But instead, they (laughs) they go, right, it's it's been a month, it's been less than a month. He's our he's our best and only suspect. Oh yeah, the conferencing. Dude, okay, that is dude. that is so bad on so many levels. Okay, so um, later on September, they do charge him with unlawfully tapping the phone line. Okay. Yes. Um, that's when he starts getting rid of evidence. Apparently, allegedly, I. Which is not helpful, though. No, it's not helpful. Um, mm. but yeah. Anyway, so it's not great, but we'll fast forward. We will fast forward. This was all happening in 2007. The body was found in August. He's charged at the end of September 2007 with uh, unlawfully tapping the phone line. By 2010, in December, Mm -hmm. three years later, Lloyd Rainey is charged with the murder of his wife. Three years after this guy, more than three years after the... um, the head of police guy says he's our only suspect hmm. and our best suspect. He's finally charged. So I, I'm going to hope that if they're actually charging him, they took their time, they gathered evidence and worked up a decent case. Well, no. during the case, they went to the park and saw the one tree. Um, that they, they did a lot of stuff during the trial. The trial okay. um, finally ended almost two years after he was charged. It was November uh, 2012. Mm. And um, they went through a lot of things. There was a lot of conflicting evidence. Most of it was circumstantial. There, there were a lot of sort of odd things that couldn't be explained, including 
um, the the name card thing that they found near oh, yeah, where yeah, she yeah. was found. Um, they were apparently in one of the interviews. He'd said that they'd gone in his car in another interview to the dinner in July where they had mm. the name cards. Another interview, he said he drove her car. Like he had conflicting stories on things that shouldn't have really mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, they they were. And again, like whether it was him lying or whether it was him misspeaking or, you know, it's years later at this point. Yeah. Um, there, there were inconsistencies in various parts of his stories. Nothing seemed particularly critical, to be honest. But mm. there were certain inconsistencies here and there. In the end, the prosecution was really pushing this timeline of she was killed at home and more or less she was transported um, her dead body was transported to the park where she was dumped in the the park. He dug a grave, he put the body in there and um, then dumped her car outside, well, on the street near the criminal lawyer's office, which also doesn't look good considering like really, no. he's an attorney and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, And if anyone's going to get away with it, it's going to be the guy who's involved in police corruption scandal covering up a murder case and mm. um, has extensive knowledge of the criminal justice system and defending people you know it's it's not looking great for him and it's yeah so he circumstantial though. yeah it is all circumstantial so apparently dumps the car and then walks home in the middle of the night home in time to um you know maybe catch a couple of hours skip and then get the the girls up for school in the morning mm. what broke the prosecution case in many ways was a botanist Ooh. Who? Botanist revenge. I love this. Who found microscopic pollen particles in her nose, and the pollen had to come from the park. Mm-hmm. The pollen um, was traced to the park. It couldn't have come from anywhere else, um, or at least it couldn't have come from the home. That much is confirmed. So they were pretty convinced she took her last breath in the park. Mm. Um, and based on that, they assumed she was unconscious but alive when she was buried. Yeah. Um, but it also ruined the prosecution's case. And this is essentially how he ended up being acquitted. There were other in- inconsistencies, mm. but it basically came down to all they needed to do was reasonable doubt in the timeline. And the timeline really focused on her being killed at the home. And that didn't happen, even if the worst of it had t- taken place there. She didn't die there. I'm having difficulty seeing how that should crush it all because i know like it It, could have been like an assault maybe either she just got knocked out maybe regardless of if he thought she was dead or not yeah um maybe but they didn't push that that. and if Uh, you don't push that then you can't use it it's not about what could have happened it's we're saying this happened and then there is evidence here that proves it it did not happen. And that evidence is is proving your timeline is bullshit, is proving that couldn't have happened. It doesn't matter if you then go back and say, okay, fine, fine, fine. But what if he thought she was dead? What if, you know, he decided, you know what, she's unconscious, I'll bury her alive. Like, you can't do that. They didn't do that. And mm. it, it basically killed the case. So yeah. after almost, well, I mean, it wasn't in court that long, but... um. It was almost two years after he was charged. He's found not guilty. So what do you think the lawyer does? 
well, okay, no, first of all, prosecutors appeal against it and and say, look, he definitely did this. Mm-hmm. So they have the opportunity to go, <laughs> maybe she was unconscious and yeah. he thought she was dead. No, no, it doesn't work. A year later, they lose the appeal. He is definitely not guilty. They've confirmed. Um, well, I mean, he is, his verdict is not guilty. That is not the same as being definitely okay. not guilty. The, the verdict is not guilty. The verdict <laughs> is definitely not guilty. Confirmed not guilty, once, twice, done. Um so that was bringing us right up to September 2013 by the time the uh, the appeal is lost by the prosecutors. Okay. Fast forward to May 2015. We're now hmm. almost eight years on from the unlawful tapping thing and he's in court over it, finally. Um, presumably the prosecutors are trying to push something. Yeah. Um, he's found not guilty of unlawful tapping the telephone line at his home. How? I don't really know, to be honest. Didn't he? Look, it sounded like he admitted it himself. Yeah. The way it's reported on, it seems like he was definitely tapping the phone lines. Even interviews with him, it seems like he he's said he was tapping them. But I think they couldn't prove that um, she wasn't aware of it. So, 2015, Lloyd was found not guilty of arranging the unlawful tapping of the phone at his home. I should have looked up way more information on how he got off in this charge, but um, for the unlawful tapping charge, I'm just massively impressed that he managed to get off. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's pretty good lawyering. Yep. So we fast forward another year and a half or so. Um, actually, year and 10 months. To March 2017. Almost up to date. Goodness. This has been going on for a while. So, Lloyd Rainey, as any sensible lawyer would do when they're falsely accused, files for... Come on. What would you do if you were a lawyer and you were falsely accused of a crime? Try to sue someone? Yeah! So, um, the defamation trial begins against the state. Oh. Um, he is seeking $11 million in lost earnings and compensation for aggravated damages. Mm. So that's to cover him and the family. So it's, it, he's not selfish, um, <laughs> apparently. So, December 2017, uh, I think the verdict was on the 15th and then the, the, um, the rest came out on the 20th. But... Yeah, December, he won and was awarded preliminary damages of 400,000 Australian dollars. Wow. But that's preliminary damages. It's not the final settlement. I think it was about five days later that they um, awarded final damages, which came to not the 11 million he asked for, but 2.62 million. Okay. So that was 1.8 million in loss of income and... 846,000 in damage to his reputation as well as distress and anxiety. Oh. Um, so the, the total amount, 2.62 million in Australian dollars, is like 1.65 million euro or about 2 million US dollars. Okay. Yeah. Um, from the state. Yep. That's crazy. Think about how many roads that could pave. Hmm. Don't call someone your best and only suspect in the murder when you don't have enough evidence to prosecute. Yeah, that didn't help, but it does sound like <laughs> other parts of the trial went worse as well. Yeah. 
I read a bit of a breakdown on, on how they worked out the um, the damages and the 1.8 in loss of income actually is fairly legitimate. Mm-hmm. So um, he was a really high-flying lawyer. He would have been able to bill, say, 2,000. 2,000 is the number they gave, but around 2,000 uh, hours per year, hmm. So, which, which is just under 40 hours a week. Like, but. Yeah. 40 billable hours a week is pretty crazy for a high class lawyer yeah. yeah and the um the amount you're charging for your time at that level is between 300 and 600 australian mm. dollars like it's it's not cheap um nope. so yeah it's 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 kind of interesting that starting with the okay we'll give you four hundred thousand as a prelim settlement and then upping it to 2.62 when they actually start nailing out the details it's quite crazy but yeah settlement was signed off in the end of last year he's getting it he's got it i i don't know if he's been paid it already but um it's it's been agreed on Hmm. um he is officially not guilty he is officially sued for defamation of character be really crazy if they managed to find something that connected to him later like what happens then would you like to hear about some other suspects oh there are other suspects yes do tell me there are other suspects um unfortunately because the police said yeah, we have we have a sole <laughs> suspect. Um, no one else was really investigated. Uh, um, and if you are into lawyery shows, as I am, then one of the things I have picked up is you don't need to prove you're not guilty. You need to um, show that someone else might be guilty. So the really? well, yeah. if if you can produce another viable suspect and if you can get their name into court then that's half the battle that's reasonable doubt right there if you can say okay this guy could have done it he has motive to do it he has opportunity to do it like why are you looking at me whenever it could well be him he hasn't even been investigated first off that sounds dodgy as fuck oh come um, on that's lawyer shows and I hey, love yeah, it. Yeah, lawyers tend to put on the dodgy but um <laughs> don't like, hate on lawyers <laughs> i'm not hating i'm not hating but like, I would have assumed it was the other way around. Like, yes, I'm completely sure that, no, you don't need to, um, how do you say it? You don't need to... Prove you're innocent. You just need to give innocent. reason. Yeah. I would assume, I assume that you were going in the direction of you need to verify that you can't be proven guilty. Like, there's doubt on the other end because okay. that's the end you need to come from. You say that, but if there's a jury, then why would you... Like, people don't want to... They have one person sitting in front of them, and it's mm. like, either this person did it or they didn't do it. Well, I believe he could have done it. The thing that's going to sway you into thinking he might not have done it is going, hey, here's another face, here's another person, here's another backstory. They could have done it. I think it's way more compelling. I don't know. Uh, I always think that jury thing is weird. And if I'm ever on trial for a crime, mm-hmm. I hope that they can actually put a jury of my peers with people who think in the same way that <laughs> I do. Because You know they won't, though. That's I not know they works. won't, which is horrible. But like, I would not have that approach. And I would think of all the logical steps and yeah. look at that. But no. I think if I were on a jury, I would find many ways that someone could reasonably have not done something, which is really bad. Mm. Um, But here's an interesting tidbit. There was no jury at his trial. Hmm. 
He petitioned to have a bench trial, so just the judge makes the decision because mm-hmm. he said with all the press coverage, because he was charged so many years after, That's and after the chief had, had said what he said, he said, there's no way I can get a fair trial in mm-hmm. any part of Australia. So, um, yeah, the judge actually made the call, which I think is, is a really, I mean, it's terrifying, but it's also a really smart way to do it. Yeah, but in that case... Why would you bother with a different suspect? No, what is it, what you said, which you directly related to talking jury. to a jury, I know, I that know, I know. should not be valid if it's just a judge. It so. shouldn't be, but it does paint a picture. And yeah. I, I stand by it's it's it works for jury cases for that reason. Yeah. But I am really going by, hey, this is what they always show you in uh, suits or in any courtroom drama, like yeah. even Boston Legal or whatever. You need to present an alternative suspect. No one wants guilty or not guilty. They want John or Jim. Hmm. You know, it makes it easier. Or it could have been Jim. It could have been John. I think it was probably Jim. Well, it might not have been John. Anyway, there are two um, suspects that were put forward. I believe both of them were put forward by the defense. Mm-hmm. First one, Ivan Eads, who was a convicted sex offender and whose DNA was found on a cigarette butt nearby the Ramsey home. Like mm. on the driveway, basically. That was the only connection. Yeah. Okay. But still, it's something. Would you? I mean, it's it's thin. Would you like to hear suspect number two? Yes, please. Okay, suspect number two, Alan Lacko, who is Ivanid's cousin. Okay. Yeah, he was also a convicted sex offender. He was a career criminal, and quite interestingly, so he he had lots of convictions for lots of things. I think most people would agree he's not a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. He conveniently phoned his drug suppliers from a payphone on the day um, Corinne disappeared. Mm-hmm. The payphone happened to be on Monash Avenue, which is the street they lived on. <laughs> like, he actually phoned from a payphone of the street of the dead lady on the day she died. But don't worry, it gets better. Um, That's not enough. Wait, it sorry, gets sorry, better. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. So he was in the vicinity of the house. There's the cigarette butt from his cousin right by the house. So mm. maybe the cousin was with him. The WA, what's WA? Western Australia. Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Western Australia Police Commissioner, Carl O'Callaghan. Wow, that's a proper Irish name. Um, police Commissioner, Carl O'Callaghan, um, described this guy, Alan Lacko, as being the state's third most dangerous criminal. Hmm. Which is like, I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, although Western Australia has, I think, the fewest people out of any state. Maybe Tasmania has fewer, but <laughs> I mean, it's Perth. Like, okay. come on, it's the West Coast. Sorry, Australia, but Perth is in the middle of nowhere and Australia is massive. Um, <laughs> interestingly, though, in uh, in the court proceedings in 2017, it was the 6th of April. This is the whole defamation suit. Mm-hmm. There was an email... I have no idea how they got access to this. There was an email that was read in court um, between two of the detectives in the case explaining that Lacko was picked up by police on the 16th of August. So this is like a week-ish later, a little mm-hmm. bit more. He was picked up with a knife in his car and he had scratches on him. Um, he wasn't able to explain the scratches. He did mention that a woman had been carjacked in Bentley, which is the, um, the suburb of the line dancing class yeah um also i i wrote down what line dancing is in magical language 
<laughs> Do you want to know what it is? Yes, please tell me. Boot scootin'. Boot scootin'. <laughs> boot scootin' oh! class. Boot scootin' in a root tootin' even. Oh, we're doing the boot scootin'. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he mentioned that a woman... So this is what was word for word said in the email um, between two officers. He did mention that a woman had been carjacked in Bentley and was missing. So Bentley is the suburb where the boot scootin' was. The email also stated that he had recently suffered a death in the family and was a, and is a very violent sex offender. Then on the day yeah, on the day that Mrs. Rainey's body was found, Lacka was also arrested driving a car with sand in the boot. The mm. um the place where she was buried. Yeah. It had sandy soil. And he had injuries to his face as well as his hands, not just the scratches that were there ten days later. Mm. Um however, his car and his clothes weren't examined. So as far as I can tell, this wasn't allowed to be in the, the trial on uh, Lloyd Rainey, but mm. it was allowed in the defamation case. And I don't know how they got access to the email between the two officers, but yeah. this does seem pretty dodgy that they didn't investigate it. They did email between an officer in the case and I think an officer that wasn't on the case and no one seemed to look into it. That's dodgy. It's kind of dodgy. Or it's good lawyering, but it's, I mean, it seems dodgy. It reads yeah. as dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a lot of questions about the email, but no, that that won't bring anything. So never mind. Oh, come on, ask good questions. No, but I, I don't think the, I can the, tell the you. first time that uh, the first thing that struck me was the um the main thing they mentioned from a quote from this guy, mm-hmm. as in that he mentioned there had been a carjacking and someone was missing. Why would he mention that? Yeah, and that's also not something that someone who has. And know, murdered someone. Like that feels well, like such it? a weird thing. Why like, would it no, be no, weird? There's... The car shows up in a weird place. Yeah. There was a carjacking. Someone stole her car and moved it there because she didn't drive it there. That's for sure. Yeah, but I mean, that sounds like the phrasing, and this is just what is read from the report yeah. of the people. But that sounds more like, um, okay, he might have mentioned if they were like questioning him, or he was somehow asked about this case and like no no i heard some woman went missing uh she was reporting missing yeah but i i'm trying to imagine an actually incriminating context where someone would use those words and i'm kind of failing yeah but i don't know it's weird yeah the whole thing is weird so just a reminder the murder happened in 20 uh 2007 mm-hmm. um by 2009 Lacko had moved to the other side of the country so he'd moved from the west by perth um to new south wales which mm-hmm. is like far east coast and there was a retired detective who traveled across the country to interview him and, and see if there was any information that had been missed because um this was even before the husband had been charged and mm-hmm. i guess no one had really looked into it the detective ended up searching the home somehow and finding a map layout of um, the su- Supreme Court where Corinne worked, as well as what? a page, mm-hmm, as well as a page of a calendar in August two thousand and seven, which was the month when she was murdered. This oh. he Laco said the the calendar page wasn't his and he'd once worked in king's park so that was why um he he knew anything uh, about the map there and why he had it um and he had the court layout because he had an interest in the building hmm. but map of the park layout of the building 
calendar page from August yeah. to the, like it, it's all weird. I mean, it's all circumstantial, but it's all weird. Yep, I would go as far as dodgy. So we already know Lacko did a whole bunch of dodgy things and was a career criminal. He used to sell drugs at the Bentley Community Center car park, which is the place <laughs> that she did the line dancing. Of course. Yeah. <sighs> there was also an acquaintance of Lacko who once, um, who claimed Lacko once asked him if he could drive a car for me while I dump a body in Kings Park. <laughs> What? Yeah, the acquaintance said it was approximately four weeks before Corinne's disappearance and it was whenever they were driving towards the city, Lacko turned to Kings Park and said, there's a body going in there, there's a body going in there. You can't see my face right now, people, but I just pulled a face. Whenever they drove by the park. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is is it some jailhouse snitch or is it actually a thing? I don't know. I don't know who the acquaintance is, but it doesn't mention it being a jailhouse guy. Um, sounds so weird, but, but also hearing that described, that sounds basically like my father when he, for the 4011th time, were driving past a part of the city and like, <laughs> oh yeah, and that's where I went to school. Like, no, no, that's oh, where I'm going to dump a body. Yeah. No. Oh, I've been in the car with those people who tell yeah. you the same story every time you draw, draw past the same. But anyway, yeah, there's a body going <laughs> in there. There's a body the, going in there. No, what? What? The, the same acquaintance said in the same statement that whenever he heard about Corinne's death, he knew, direct quote, he knew straight away Lacko was responsible. Hmm. Obviously, Lacko was denied any involvement. In 2015, he was up in court for a completely separate thing and made reference to being interviewed by police about a, a cold case review on the whole thing. What's kind of interesting is he ended up being sentenced to 12 months in jail in 2016 because well there were there were various things that he was sentenced to but he was accused of burglary theft and uh, making threats against mr rainey okay he made threats against her husband and maybe it was as simple as, why did you bring my name up? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, when was this? Because This okay, was 2016. This was... It was around the same time. Oh, but okay. In that he, case, well, it, well, it, 2016 is when mm. he was in court for these offences. Mm. 2017 was when the husband, Lloyd Rainey, was going through court about everything else. So he may have made statements to the press, but he hadn't gone through court dragging this guy's name through the mud. The whole thing is bizarre. Mm. It is bizarre, but like even if it is press or something, if it has been, it has been said some way on record. It is then that is more understandable. It's a little bit more understandable. Mm. Um, Long story short, on that, yeah, Lacko pled guilty um, of a whole string of offences around I think April 2016 Hmm. ish, and got 12 months instead of going through the whole court case. So he would have presumably got a lot longer if he'd have gone through and been found guilty. Yeah, but that's it. That's my story. There's so many things up in the air. There's a lot of weird points here. Yeah. Hmm. I, okay, first of all, holy shit, poor Corinne Rainey and the poor daughters. Yes. That's awful. And they, they, I mean, essentially, they don't know what happened. Hmm. And if we treat it as exactly what it is, a woman is last seen at her line dancing class and mm. is found in a fairly deep crave in a public park just over a week later with no understanding of what happened, how she got there. Mm. All we know is her car was dumped a fair distance away from the park. Like, 
that's that's pretty grim. Like they had to know her car, get her car keys, abduct her at a car. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty bad all around. Just to cover all uh, all possible avenues, since mm-hmm. well, there has been a lot of blame going in a lot of directions. Here. It was not suicide. Oh yeah, I was not <laughs> aiming for that. <laughs> I do not believe there are any points indicating that, especially not the whole, you know. Sorry, I was being sarcastic. Yourself. No, no, I, I like it. I like it, but I'm rolling with it. But no, I just got this flash when you said poor daughters, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. But there is also something with the fervor of the husband. I, I just had the thought. If it was accidental manslaughter by one or both of the daughters and the father is trying to take care of them, cover it up, cover it up, help them in that way. The interesting thing there, though, she was buried alive. If anyone, no, no, definitely. Oh, oh, they did confirm that? They confirmed it from the pollen in the nose, the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that, as I interpret that, she was at the very least alive at some point in the park yeah she could at the have been end of finished her life. off or well yeah i mean she yeah. could have been they they're pretty confident she was buried alive yeah and i think the whole manslaughter thing would only work if um if that happened especially if it happened with one of your kids mm. i think the first thing you do is really confirm she's actually dead there's no I way suppose, but if you're not trained some kind of medical professional you're going through shock yeah, there's a lot no, of emotion no, no. but you say this mm. he's a criminal attorney i mean yeah, i know how to that. check for a low level pulse in a person i i'm pretty sure an experienced criminal attorney will know the basics and all this kind of stuff i mean yeah, he but, must have seen some creepy stuff in his time but true but i've also been trained in doing uh checking the low level pulse and doing all of that stuff yeah. But I've still failed at doing it at a conscious on a conscious person sitting in front of me, <laughs> depending on the situation. Like, it's oh no, not that's impossible. a scary thing to say because you're you're totally right with this, and I can't argue with it. Yeah, I, I mean, it might have been like the shock, the emotions, the like, what the fuck are we doing with the situation? Can you imagine Missed it. doing that and then finding out you buried her alive? Mm. Oh, you'd never, you'd never get over it. No. Um, interestingly, though, we need to be really careful that we're not sued, by the way, because <laughs> we, we know he has the means and the. <laughs> um, so we are not in any way alleging that his daughters or he had anything to do with any, anything untoward that happened to Corinne. Um, obviously, we're speculating in other similar cases. This is a comedy podcast. This is not. Yeah, it's pure parody. Yeah. Um, but. I'll add the laugh track later. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly that one. Um, good addition. <laughs> Sorry, that's <is> perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I find it super interesting that his daughters are really by his side for every trial that he's in. Mm. There are so many pictures of him with the daughters, and. Yeah, maybe that's why. It's like the whole John Bonet uh, speculation. Did her brother kill her thing? 
yeah like the parents are standing by the son even though they did it because they don't want to lose two children this is again speculation i do not mean anything by this but but i was going to say as well call back to um your the car accident victim oh yeah 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 um ken hammer yes yeah which was basically the entire family just like so adamant on that was so sad like that was so sad our dad wouldn't have done this to our mum. that that was the saddest one i think well no it just i don't know van breda was pretty sad as well but i like i feel like the ken hammer thing like the ken hammer was pretty Mm. clear cut that the 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 kids genuinely believed that the dad didn't do anything wrong oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and then it was really proven that the dad did do this mm. did kill the mum but um, it could be a similar thing just no proof so yeah oh uh, I mean, obviously a... we don't mean that <laughs> don't sue don't us worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just sign everything with my name and i have no money anyone can sue me for so it's all good um, <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you don't have any money that people can get off you. Yay! Um, wow. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of. That's an interesting idea. I don't know. The watching so many legal shows over the years has made me go, "Wow, this is hella convenient." Having this <laughs> this random dodgy criminal yeah. who's like, "Well, he made a call on a payphone on their street on the day she died." He, he dealt drugs mm. in the car park of the community center that she did line dancing every Tuesday. Um, like all sorts of stuff like that. It, it's, you know, it's it's really very nicely tied together. Mm. And it's a lot, you know, it's a, a lot better tied together than any of the accusations against the husband. Mm. And at the end of the day, they don't really have anything on it. And the timeline is a, an absolute shambles for him because even if, um, if somehow he'd, gone out and killed her at the park the timeline doesn't even make sense for that because he would have had to walk home yeah there was one other interesting thing which um again seemed really convenient typically there would be uh, a few stretches where there's uh, cctv between the home Mm -hmm. and essentially the the place she does line dancing yeah the the cameras were out that's a coincidence yeah it seems like it Hmm. i mean have you ever seen Double Jeopardy? Yes. I love that movie. Wait, I, I'm not mixing up. It's the whole, you can't be um, convicted, convicted of the same, the same crime. crime twice. She's and, convicted and, of murdering her husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> and I just think some people are, are in a really good position to know every base that needs covered. Mm. And if you are a meticulously minded person if you're a really excellent planner if you have intricate knowledge of the system that you're working with yeah then you know you're you're not necessarily going to beat the system but you have a better chance of of winning and um it's it's sort of a double-edged sword on the one hand lloyd was in a position where he knows so much about the situation that Mm. it makes it look like hey, if anyone could get away with it, it's him. But on the other hand, it makes him look so guilty by being in this position that could be pure coincidence. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, but he knows all this stuff. He knows how it works, da 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 mm. And, you know, if if you're innocent in that situation, and he, you know, he's fine, not guilty. So mm. we've got to assume he's innocent. He's just, 
if you have the knowledge, you're going to take advantage of it. You're not going to do the second police interview. You're not going to, um, mm. you know, do anything stupid. You are going to to legally cover up what you can, yeah. and you're going to speak out whenever they're not investigating other people. But the whole thing is bizarre and interesting and sketchy. I I just I hope they find who did it one day. I was just going to say because. Like we have encountered some and um, also just reading about other crime mm-hmm. um, since I'm more the novice and you're the seasoned veteran here. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've seen way more than I have, but like there are still so many cold cases that get clarity after yeah. a ridiculously long amount of time. And considering that this one actually took place where regardless of how bungled some of the prosecution and everything might have been, yeah. There is still so much more evidence that can be taken yeah. in and archived or whatever. So I think the chances of this being cleared up is greater than compared to some other cases that have been cleared up. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some clarity at one point. Yeah. I mean, the case is 11 years old now. Mm. And you'd think this happened in a public park or, I mean, at least um, the the final parts of it did. Mm. You'd think someone would see something. Yeah. I hope they find it. Anyway. That was a good and weird mystery. Definitely mysterious. Yeah. You know, the the one that got me onto this was a solved case by the same oh. person who um, found the pollen in the, the nose. Oh, you want the botanist track. Yeah, I oh. was, I, I really, um, yeah, I have a bit of a curiosity going there. Yeah. So the same botanist had been a uh, a key witness in a case where she had essentially a guy was convicted of the murder of his I believe girlfriend mm. um he he said he'd never been in this area where the body was dumped and nothing oh. to do with it and, da, 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 da. and they found a very specific pollen that was specific to the area that she was buried in and even though he'd laundered his clothes they found so many sources of the pollen even after yeah. it had gone through the washing machine that uh yeah, they were able to convict him of it. Oh, Pauline, you bastard. And on this case, the botanist said that she got the impression, it, I mean, this is really paraphrasing, but she got the impression that the police weren't very happy with her testimony, but um, she's a scientist and uh, she speaks based on the evidence, not on politics. And I just thought, <laughs> you're a badass lady. Yep, then you're good in my book. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, <laughs> Plants for the win. Oh, yes. And botanists. There was also... A, a Academics d- for the win. Academics for the win. Mm. Polymaths for the win. Ooh. Ooh, that too. Well, we've come to the end of another Friday night and another mystery. Indeed. Mystery number nine is in the bag. We're very happy with this. It feels <laughs> so good to be back. It does, doesn't and it? And talking to all of you. So, I missed this. Yeah. This has been our Friday mystery. Yeah. We need a catchier name. We'll come up with it. Send us yeah. suggestions. True. Mm, yeah. But good night, lovely listeners, and we hope you have a lovely weekend. Mm. And we will be back on Tuesday with yeah. a more a more clear-cut crime. Not necessarily clear-cut. No, cut, it's not but, at all um, clear-cut. So can we talk about what we're doing? Hopefully so. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I'm so I excited. Forgot. I'm so excited. Because I forgot the uh, next week's theme. Sold <laughs> by Psychics. Yes, sold by Psychics. <laughs> um, possibly not clear-cut, 
But I, I don't think it'll be clear cut at all. It it should be a shambolic <laughs> mess, um, which is great. Which is what I shambolic I, mess. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm maybe going a bit overboard, but um, <laughs> but I'm excited. I think this will be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. I just hope to actually find some creditable sources as well. Oh, who cares? Do do crappy ones. The internet cares. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> People just want a good story. Fair enough. I'm I'm here for the stories. Yeah, I'm honest. here for the story. I'm here for the company and the wine, obviously. Mm. Thank you. And I've missed you. I'm glad you're back. Same here. Yeah. I miss the couch. I miss you. I miss the talking. Oh, that's it. Done. No, I I just paused. I was gonna say like, oh, I really missed the crime, but to be honest, crime should. Ah, you know the dichotomy yeah, yada yada nah, yada. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Excuse my pausing, but that was the reason. Pauses. I've missed this. Yeah, I missed this too. Mm. It's super fun, Good. and it's springtime. But now we're on a roll again. Yeah. Um. We. Yeah. We'll. We'll. You'll hear from us on Tuesday. Mm. Hmm. And until then, we hope you have a really good weekend. Yeah, give us a shout on Twitter. Tell us what you're up to. Are you having a nice springtime? Are you in the Southern Hemisphere? Is it turning into autumn? (laughs) (laughs) What did we pronounce incorrectly in Australia? Oh, yes. Please tell us. Yeah, I do want to know, I guess. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss, though. Um, But no, I I actually... um, We know we have Aussie listeners, so if you have any insider knowledge please give us a shot i'd be really curious to hear anything on that or if you're a non-aussie and just have the perfect theory for either of these unsolved mysteries give us a shout do that like i said on twitter or send an email to crumbythebar@gmail.com. that works too yeah okay good night everyone goodbye good night and bye bye Oh, did we even say welcome to our Friday mystery? We said... You said Friday mystery at some point. At least one point, yes. Okay, we'll be fine. People will work it out. (laughs) Well... (laughs) You know why you're here. We're releasing this on a Friday and it's going to be mysterious. We'll put it in the title. You people better know. (laughs) (laughs) No more episode numbers, no more titles. Just like, you should know by now. I'm just assigning a random code to it. (laughs) Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs>